0: listening to Over the Line on Galway Bay FM the sporting sound of Galway and you're very welcome back to Over the Line with myself George McDonough and Darren Kelly this evening and our thanks again to Tony Ward, two time All-Ireland winning camogie manager among other achievements so a lovely chat about his sporting life and we wish him all the best with Mullia this year as he steps into the management role there and we're now joined by our third member this evening and that's Park Cunningham very good evening to you Parik. and Pract weekend in sport, I know a part of you were in Pear Stadium yesterday, not to be for Galway, well beaten in the end and to read some newspapers today, they're now already cornering, it's a three corner battle, it's two from three to be relegated and unfortunately we're in that three and we have two of our three games are daunting games to say the least. Yeah, they sure are, and um, look at like it's it's not
1: the end of the world. I suppose going down to Division Two, like we last time they were in Division Two, they did go to a ireland Final. So like, look at there is bright sides to it all. Like, but yesterday there probably was a battle against boys against men. Really, like you could see with them that dairy side, they were physical, big unit men, and just they had the cuteness of the game, I suppose, at the right times um, when that, that second black card went and I think it was the 11th minute into the second half they just steam Galway and hit, I think, nearly 1-3 on them without reply from to Galway and that kind of put the game out of out of hands for Galway to reach.
0: It's something, I know, Darren, you'll be at a lot of different code games as well and the black card and the person and losing a person going, it's getting tougher and tougher. We see it in rugby where teams now have a system to manage a yellow card when they have a player yellow carded. they seem to go into a kind of ultra defensive mode and there's now a way to get around a yellow card if you know what i mean in, in in rugby in gaelic football do you think that some teams are developing a way of how to get around a black card for the 10 minutes or
2: these well, yeah, like, of course, is it advances on and people get used to it. They're going to work out ways. Mm-hmm. But, of course, when we look at the black card and the key talking point nationally this week was this rule with the black card leading to the penalty as well. And even, I think, it's Kieran Malloy's incident John, about there now. We've the benefit of looking at a replay. Like, you yes. know, it's always a very, very harsh decision. That's not what Galway cap on. That's just trying to call there's, it... There's no vera in Gaelic
0: football,
2: yeah. Straight there because they put a the hand out in the hip. The Derry guy scored the point. You know, let the point go. And it was a turning point there. But then again... We were slow getting out of the blocks there. We conceded a very cheap goal earlier on. Now we got ourselves back to the game. We kicked a couple of points. And then, of course, um, Dylan McHugh and, and John Daly helped to help the goal for Keane Darcy. And we we're back at the contest there as well. But at the moment, based on the injuries we have probably as much as anything else in the form that Derry are showing they're just that little bit ahead of us this time of the year whether they've showed their hand earlier or not George we'll find out when time goes on but when Derry hit the extra person before even Sean Mulcairn went off they got the goal be quick Quicken put away the penalty and he wasn't getting much change of oh, Johnny McGrath yesterday and you're playing catch up did like, get, get the last four points of the game but Derry just when Derry smelled blood they took it and that's what a top three team as they're being touted at the moment should be doing
0: they're being touted that way um, obviously the recruitment, we'll say of Mickey Hart, the people in Louth who I know, some people I know quite well in GS circles in Louth aren't too happy, but look, they're wondering um, is he getting them to peak a bit early, like they seem to be in full Mickey Hart mode Carl uh, Sweeney's jersey uh, was a living proof <laughs> of that and one wonders if it was at the game yesterday, being the devious side of things, I'd have been watching more what was happening off the ball, park than what was happening. I know you had to follow the ball, but you, I would think the player in you would have loved to have been able to watch what was happening off the ball.
1: Yeah, definitely. And that was, that was one thing I, like, yes, I was commenting on the game, but it was something I was kind of trying to keep an eye on and towards. And, like, even just uh the cuteness in them, like when, as Darren said there, when they there was the blackguard stage when Brendan Rodgers went out for 10 minutes for Derry, the ball was not in play much at all and that comes back to probably the tactics of a man went down with an injury, he soaked 90, 70, 90 seconds off the game and like when, when Galway went down one blackguard, then the second blackguard, it was all guns blazing, there was no time, they were onto the ref, onto the ref how long when each kick out was taken, it was every situation and you could see You can see there's a statement of intent from this Derry team. You can see it from the likes of, you look at the Glenmen, they've won a club all-Ireland and six six days later, they're down playing against Kerry in a National League game. So, like, you know there's intent there and you know what Mickey Hart is going to do with this Derry team. So, it is like they are being announced as the top three team and people are saying, oh, have they peaked too early? But look at, you have to admire what Mickey Hart's done up there. He's brought them in. He's... Connor Glass, is ap- he's a, f- a freak freak of a human, so he is. Like, oh, a couple of the points. Got, some some point. of the scores he kicked yesterday, the, w- the one on the right-hand side of the pitch, mm. it-, it looked like he didn't even look at the goal, and he just delicately kicked it high up into the air, and it, was, it just was a the beautiful score. Yeah, it know? was a beautiful score, so it was. And, like, this is probably, this is where we go with the derry, and you have to wonder, like, we say oh Dublin and Kerry, like these are two taunting fixtures that Galway have ahead of them. But I think Derry yesterday showed a real statement of look at it's it's a more condensed season. They're saying if we're ready to go and we're ready to peak by July, it's it's two
2: months earlier than they'd have to peak a long time before. So look at no credits to them credit credits to McGart. I feel myself as like the spurts Derry is, as you said there, no win to hurt because let's not forget too we got back into the game and then when we do push forward or attack we seem to make a bit of hay. like Niall Daly should have done better with that opportunity to gain into him there as well but with Derry They lost two All-Ireland semi-finals, one of them to us. They'll feel they left the Kerry game behind them last year. Mickey Hart hasn't come in for a big three-year programme. This is all in for 2024, I feel, with Derry personally myself. Look, what we saw with Dublin there on Saturday night, they're still the team to beat. Kerry will be much better later on at the Championship there as well. And look, when things clear up, we're going to be there, thereabouts in the conversation as well. But Derry are putting all the regs in the 24, I feel.
0: But I'm looking, and not just Porek Joyce, um, a number of the management that have been interviewed uh, for the last couple of weeks. Uh, they've been asked by two, about two men in particular. We knew Everybody knew Sean Kelly was coming back because he was visibly evident that he was coming back. He was warming up and, you know, it was only a matter of time before he actually seen action. But any time they're asked about Shane Walsh and uh, Damien Comer, uh, the answer is either long-term or you won't see him soon. Um, you know, is it a case these guys could possibly miss the whole season i no, know oh, I, I know i, but I pictures think it's got around of Shere i think it should so i would wonder yeah that. i thought that myself were they all pictures <laughs> nobody has denied they were, said they were all pictures but look they're amateur sportsmen at the end of the day but you know they're key players to galway and notice the forwards that are out there are fine forwards but there are times when you need and, and, and it's something that struck me a couple of weeks ago with paul conroy he was the only man Willing to shoot from fifty yards out and score a point. Now Paul is injured as well, you know, and he's the wrong side of thirty. With respect to the guy, a wonderful server, but you are not going to get seventy minutes constantly from him and kick points here, there, everywhere. We need guys to to being able to take scores. We seen to last week. We're trying to work the ball across because they were afraid to shoot or they would no one to shoot, you know. And these are guys. At the end of the day, scores win games, and we need our best scorers or our best point takers on the field to play. Yeah, that,
1: that's a hundred percent it. And look at obviously, like a lot, a lot of goalers' forward play, it does come down to the two main stars in Damien Comer and Shane Welch. Like I, w- I was reading a stat today, and I seen like Galway I think their top scorer this campaign is is Rob Finerty with eleven points from four games. Like so, it's it's not a stat that catches your eye straight away and goes, oh, he's he's doing marvellous scoring, but. Yes, it, it, obviously the words in our mouth is that we're worried about Damien Comer and Shane Welch. These are two, and but I think it frees up, even when the two, two men are playing for Galway, it frees up more space for other forwards to utilise and try to get scores on the board for them. And it's just uh, unfortunate that these two men have picked up injuries and... Um, Shane Shane, obviously in particular like we we seen that one he took it free I think it was against Mayo uh, in the dying moments and look at it it looks like a, a uh, one that we don't know anything about it's uh, probably a quad strain from my record are looking at it like um and then Damien was the one we picked up a week before the Mayo game. So look at it, it's it's it, it is worrying times, but once them two men step onto the pitch I do think it'll give a lot more confidence to the rest of the forwards in that caller team.
2: Yeah, and even go back to what George was saying there as well, because the questions will always be about the all star, the big names like, you know, Walsh, Kelly, Comer, Killian McDade, but at least we know Killian's situation anyway. We're not expecting to see him back for a few more weeks and uh, hopefully Liam himself can be back as as well. Um Management, I'd imagine they're just trying to focus on the squad in general, and this is an opportunity for players like even now in Pork. You know better than me, you can nearly see a championship team already developing if everybody is fit. One or two positions up for grabs are right, it's but they, we're not going to win in Ireland unless we have the 2021 that can step up. Based on what happens, because these injuries caught us last year and could catch us again later on.
1: And that's exactly it. Like, if you look, look even look at the day they played Kerry in the All Ireland final, I, I'll go back to it. Like, the halftime sub was probably the winner of the game, as Killian Spallant stepping onto the pitch. Like, and it's, it's a squad game, and that's what this goal of team is. Like, you know, there's young men stepping up to the right, Limo Canelo, Killian O'Curran. These are young men coming in, stepping into a senior setup and getting the opportunity in national league games against the best teams in the country. As as Derry, like so, they, they look at they're going to get wealth and wealth of experience, but we do need our main core of players, like as you said, of the Killy McDades, the Sh- Shane Welch's, Damien Comers, Sean Kelly's, and the Liam Silk back flying, probably sooner rather than later.
0: Also, they're probably Dublin and Derry are the two teams that probably have the rise of winning the national league, um, in horse race in Parlance I think a lot of the teams between 3rd, 4th and 5th of the three must uh, sought after places in Division 1 of the league because you're safe, you don't have to show your hand into the latter stages of the league go to a league final and put pressure on you to win or lose where irrespective, losing a final can have an effect on you we're down there with Monaghan and Roscommon we're only a point behind Kerry but we've got to play Dublin and Kerry from our last three games anyway to Monaghan it's a tough ask, but uh, certainly winning away to yeah.
2: Well, I think the key thing for us is this game coming up next Sunday. It's a must-win game. You know, to have any chance of avoiding relegation. Mm-hmm. To win two, get two wins against Dublin and Kerry would be very, very difficult. Monaghan are not going well after their opening day against Dublin. They've lost a few players as well. Then again, any time <laughs> we've talked about Monaghan getting relegated, it comes back to bite us. the us come back to the point. Look, Kerry are definitely going all-in for the league as well. I think at the moment Dublin just want to win football matches playing well. They got a good result there the other day. If they to keep a Go they'll be in the league final as well. But for us, let's get the win first. Get to five points. Five points could keep us safe. I'd say we need to have one result to write in the last two games. But if we're going in with three, I think Division Two football next year.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. That's probably like well, like it does put a lot of importance on this game against Monin on on Sunday. And we all know what our history is like playing against Monaghan when in situations like that. But at the same time, I I I do think Porik has seen probably the bigger picture of this all. Like he he's not getting all bogged to this. Um. Yes, us Galway GA fans, we all want to win every game, but this is more he's looking towards the Connacht kind of Championship. I think to be honest.
0: Yeah. Well, let's hope we do, and let's see what happens when that happens. But we need at least one result, and maybe results to go our way as well in the remaining three games in hurling, Darren, Galway. Um, and our crew well done to them they'd done the overnight but the fact was that they started their journey on Saturday night they didn't get the overnight Nulands crossed like the Camogie team those years ago with Tony Um, 235 it's what 37 scores to 14 it was very convincing but it was basically in look,
2: practice look they're expected to win the game but going up to Corrigan Park uh Antrim have been a bit of a fortress at the moment you want a good start we capitalized in a poor short puck out by Antrim Jason Flynn again, fair play to him getting yep. in there getting the goal we took control of the game we we're 116 to seven up at half time it's game over Galway against Westmeath against Antrim they've done these things right so far obviously it's the test against Tipperary and Limerick we're looking at, and Dublin, I think a lot of our supporters and pundits are forgetting that this Dublin team we often struggle to do a job on them, and with Michal Donoghue coaching them as well, it's a big game, look, Henry Shefflin said he wants to make the semi-final again as you'd say, Boric, about Boric Joyce looking at the bigger picture as well, it's about the Leinster Championship first and foremost but he'll once again put in a good performance against Dublin and sells up for a game against Limerick, job done came home, Jason Flynn two goals, Evan Island 13 points, not much more to say
0: No, oh, and just looking at the rankings today, it ranks Galway as 7th, so therefore we will be in the new Division 1 next year Division 1A the newly structured uh, really, we'll
2: be top so. three in that group yeah, yeah, I it, unless we completely malfunction against
0: yes, the Dublin but the, you say, and the one good thing that is that the lads got a dry run before they go to Corrigan Park for the championship and their signal's ready and they know where to stand and all that That was it's not often you get a dry run like that in the league <laughs> but that the teams might have but uh, the commentary people as well it's, it's great for them to have it and they look forward to the next one they might get the overnight but Moving to other action, you look at uh, Camogie. Unfortunately, Darren Galway went down on, I know you were there on Saturday to Tipperary. You were speaking to Tony off air and you said, you know, a spine of our team from the last couple of years probably n- not on duty and a couple of things that happened Freeze, that wouldn't normally happen
2: Yeah look at the end of the day we are a team in transition at the moment and Carl Murray has said it's about finding players and I think there was a few players that put their hand up yesterday fully here in the season the likes of Ava Crow and Ali Heston just off the top of my mind and uh, the defence worked their socks off they're still coming together as a unit there's a good 3-6 and six in Roisin Black and Siobhan Gardner got caught out uh, given space for the three goals and Emer McGrath was just on form yesterday and she banged him into the back of the net Tipperary were deserving winners though when I say that George Galway got themselves back into the game despite missing uncharacteristically missing an awful lot of chances like Carrie Dolan Sifan McGrath they won't miss chances like that again we got back to three points in the end I think we were back to two at one stage Uh, if we'd taken some of those chances we would have gotten something out of it but again for Galway that won the last two leagues it's second uh, game of the league it's in February Galway don't need to win a league
0: and the management are beginning to see a couple of new players at senior Levels. Yeah, we and, that, stepped out and, and that's what I'm saying as well. Like Nevin
2: Island was superb against Clare last
0: week. I mentioned, also, I mentioned a few there in the game against
2: Tipperary too. And like they're playing Kilkenny in two weeks' time now. That's going to be a massive game, whether that's in uh, in, in Ballinasloe or, or Pierce Stadium, or wherever it takes place as well. Galway we are trying to build a squad for the championship because the point I was making there, we won the last two leagues, but we were beaten in 2 All Ireland semi-finals. Nobody remembers winning the last two leagues, even though we're going for three in a row. I just want to give a mention there, uh, George, to St. Raphael's Lockray yeah. All Ireland Senior B. Come hockey champions as yes. well fantastic result for them John Hardiman and... John, Tara Healy's the manager but John Hardiman's involved Bettina Harkin doing an awful lot of work but you would have heard Tony Mitchell in the last hour about the 8th in a row team the senior A owner Melda Hobbins was on that team they hadn't won a national title since first national title in 32 years how appropriate we Tony this week but well done to St. Rayfields. they're going for a double next week but for Galway no difference to the Galway footballers in a certain degree it's what they learned from this it's the key thing, it's a competitive group. We'll know more when they play Kilkenny
0: uh, in two weeks' time. We will, and we'll know more about rugby after we talk to Reggie Corrigan about the weekend's Ireland action. We'll do that after this ad break. You're listening to Over the Line on Galway Bay <laughs> FM, the sporting sand of Galway. And you're very welcome back to the third instalment in the panel discussion with myself, George McDonough, Darren Kelly and Parik Cunningham. We've just heard the views of Reggie Carrigan. Reggie, quite positive and I suppose, look, you have to see his view because as an ex-player and he sees the strides that Ireland have made, I'm still always of the opinion what happened because we're able to do this in the Six Nations but we're not able to do it in a World Cup. But... I don't know, ladsie, what follow the Six Nations. I still, as I said to Reggie, am quite disappointed by the quality of the games. I just think they're lacking serious quality, all games.
2: I'm, uh, there's been some exciting games, but I'm more disappointed with the quality of the opposition. Uh, Look, going back to the World Cup, better New Zealand team on the day, but I think we were falling too much in love with this number one world ranking at the time. Six Nations, that follows the World Cup, it's normally a free run, have a go. I think that's what we've done so far. we picked up three results, three bonus point victories. Scotland may ask a question based on the way they're playing because they were lucky to beat France, but I don't expect anybody to stop us doing back-to-back Grand Slams. Is what we do afterwards is key, George, because we can go look all good in 24, 25, 26, but I don't think Andy Farrell uh, can risk going flat in 2027.
0: 20, we have to make a World Cup semi-final at the very, very least. Yeah, and I think the we look to have maybe have got a successor. I would be always have been worried that Johnny Sexton, and I was quite critical of the fact that a lot of outside halves were only getting the last five minutes. And in fairness to the coach staff, they know a lot more than I did because they knew that they needed Johnny Sexton on the field to play. Like, he was out in his feet in a number of games that he played, but they kept him out there. And we were all wondering when Johnny Sexton says au revoir, what's going to happen? But I have a feeling, Crowley, they've got somebody that maybe able to carry that can. He does have a huge assistance with Aki outside him. Um I just think he I don't have to say that he's lucky, but things have fallen in the way for Farrell that we've just got a couple of players that are able to step into the breach and we have found Joe McCarthy. This guy go through Ireland. Yeah, look the thing in Bundy Aki's probably found his best position in this
2: Irish team. The number twelve role suited him down to a T there as well to protect the out half I agree with you, George. The key, the one thing I always had is that there never seemed to be a clear plan for what would happen if we didn't have Johnny Sexton now we've fallen on Crowley there at the moment he started off very very well and it might all fall into place too and maybe Andy Farrell and his management team knew more than we were looking at the whole time but look it's a new it's a new dawn for Ireland rugby there'll be no doubt be a few changes in the personnel but again just going back to the match quickly enough like just the power the confidence the strength the kind of that bit of swagger they have at the moment they're getting the job done admittedly against poor opposition France much poorer than we thought they were going to be before the start of the competition we saw like poor Italy, poor Italy. Like, you know, when you think about <laughs> I it, think like, the you know, when... bottled
0: it. Uh, why should the roof was closed? Probably so was nervous at the time, place, possibly, yeah, uh, you know, but it was hardly one of those old strimmers, the oaks you see from ho- hoovering up the weeds or the leaves. See, they hardly had one of them on the sideline to tilt the ball, but it was just because you could see. The, the shot clock was edging as well and him. Um, he bottled that kick.
2: It probably, probably was nervous. RLCC,
0: his name in lights, that I'm going to kick the penalty this sees Italy winning France, and look what happened. Speaking of scoring, it's now West Ham 4, Brentford 2. Wissa with, with the latest goal for Brentford, who are coming back, albeit though the hammers. Everything is going right for them. David it's their Morris. first win in nine or something. Yeah, again, yeah. we were listening to him being sacked and all that, and then he says they were offered him a new contract. And speaking of new contracts, I wonder will Mister Klopp have second thoughts now that he's won the biggest competition in <laughs> <on> to to If we the Patrick on again in a minute, I don't know. Like, uh, go back to yesterday's game. Gary Neville is now christened. Chelsea as bottlers, the billion pound bottlers he says and some people on TV this evening thinking that that name will stick with them until they actually win something, there's been a phenomenal amount everybody knows that there's been plenty of money wasted at Old Trafford, Mm. we know that but Chelsea have wasted a phenomenal amount of money and yet they'd nobody yesterday to take the game by the scruff of the neck and no disrespect, I'm not I know the rivalry between myself and Liverpool is well known, but in fairness to them, Klopp only could put out on the field of play what he had fit. And at the end of the day, he had an awful lot of injuries to deal with. And Chelsea were favourites going into that because of that. But they just didn't have anybody that was willing to take the game by the scruff of the neck and say, right, we're going to win this for Chelsea. They were they were like a team playing for penalties from 10 minutes into the second half.
1: Yeah, they sure were. And one thing that stands out to me is all the money they've spent is they haven't a a proven goal scorer which like there are light in line wingers like Raheem Sterling who's out completely out of form, Cole Palmer, yes he's been good for them this season, but he's not a center forward who's just in the box, knocks tap ins gets tap ins, gets goals from nothing really. Like we can go back to it now, like at the United now, Rasmus Island has turned into looks like a goal scorer. And that's what something like Chelsea are missing at the moment.
2: Can I ask a question, Park? These long term contracts that Bowley did to try and beat the system? Are they backfiring on him? I'm not accusing a player of anything, but if you're settled up for seven, eight years in a contract, you, know, you subconsciously you're probably not going to push yourself the extra ten percent, are you?
1: Yeah, it's probably another side of it you have to look at. Like, like if, as you said, it's a contract seven, eight years. You probably say, right, I'm secure here, I'm fine. Like, no matter what, I'm going to be paid out here for the whole seven years. Like, and if I'm to be left I have to come to an agreement they have to pay me a certain amount of compensation whatever so like it probably doesn't have the same drive as someone that's on a maybe a three or a four year contract and no one maybe after two years if it's not clicking you're in trouble your contract's coming up to an end but it just baffles me with the amount of money they have spent and and how they haven't came out and went up to the markets and gone look at like if you look at Manchester City they went out they knew what they needed it was one thing it was a centre forward they went and got the best around Chelsea seem to have endless, endless amount of money. I don't know why they're not doing the exact same.
0: No, they haven't, and they haven't been reducing it a while. Well, it's something that can be said of Arsenal as well. It could. Yes, they've have, they have players stepping up to the mark, but they have no tap-in merchant that might just cost them, and they're running even though they're punching above their weight. And I still think,
1: the, yeah, that's one thing I, I do think will might come back to buy Arsenal. But their wingers are firing so well for them mm-hmm. that. It makes up for the mistake of not. But see, Arteta, I, I, I do think Arteta will have a massive summer, and you will see a goal scorer come into that squad. I be, I will be flabbergasted if I do not see a goal scorer coming into that squad for Arsenal. So, he, I, I do think he recognises you think, himself. You think
0: that the quality of football they're playing and the way their wingers are playing will entice that big name centre forward to come to to the. That's exactly
2: it. Yeah, it's I like just improve to be more consistent. Yeah, it's
0: just it's just
1: they're showing the consistency, and then if if I was a centre forward, I said right. I have a chance here I can get in there I'll probably get 16-18 goals and I could win a Premier League title that's and exactly you, what he's you thinking You look there
2: like, when they had the bad uh, spell there before Christmas I thought that's it now they're going to fade away you're kind of setting up for Man City to win the league and that might happen yet but even watching them against Newcastle at the weekend sure was a 4-1 the result but it could easily have been 6-7-1 sure there at one stage it was like a tap in from out the edge of the box like, and nobody from Newcastle the first goal was a bit clumsy but I mean you'd really worry about Newcastle after all the hype about the Saudi Arabian money and all that and Arsenal just their stride and maybe Arte has just got that bit of consistency this year because after missing out in last year's league title you know that could have hit them hard they're up there competing and if they can prove to be doing that again like they were doing back in the days of Finger, in the early days of Finger, and all that then maybe they'll become a more attractive option for somebody in Europe or that striker they're looking for
0: Yeah I think so and I do agree with what you're saying Park as well the way that their wingers are playing that just maybe that's what <coughs> Arsenal are missing, and they will maybe entice them. Just speaking the other end of the table, you see where the change of management. Palace one three 0 It's burly Um, probably needed to win because Everton today have had their financial fair play uh, penalty knocked from ten points down to six. And we're still waiting on the judgment for the hundred and fifteen charges from the people. You'll yeah, be waiting. and cases like <laughs> that. But God knows they'll end up playing probably in the Reserve League here, the Galway District League, they'll be knocked so far. Uh, they won 1-0 Manchester City, they chiselled out a 1-0 victory uh, at Bournemouth. Uh, Brighton and Everton A one all draw. Now, it be interesting to see, will Everton get a kick from this? Uh, is this what Dyche was waiting for? They're, I don't think they were as bad as what everybody else says, yet they, they made mistakes in their, the way they were interest payments and so on and so forth and whatever was going on behind. But to be knocked 10 points like that and other Clubs getting away with it, this four point um, relief mm. probably will spur them on. I would think and get them out of the relegation where
2: It's uh, look the thing about it, and we've discussed it before, and like how why were they getting punished, and other clubs are getting away with it, and we'll talk about the 115 charges until it's finally addressed, but. Like, what's the system here, lads? In just regards, they were punished for the 10 points, an appeal comes in for six. If there's a second charge on the way, it's like it has been like hokey-kokey working out as you go along. Like, you know what I mean? It's unfair in all the teams around Everton as much as it's unfair in Everton, but at least four points back, they will take that. They had a kick there the last time when they lost the 10 points. They managed to drag themselves out of the relegation zone before getting sucked back into it then, again. Um, but it'll also give the likes of Luton Town a kick as well, because they realise Everton have picked up four points, we need to up our game as well. But again, it's where, where where's the actual black and white says, this penalty is ten points, or this is six, or
0: what is it like? Nobody knows, and I think the way things are being done, and where contracts are being negotiated, like Chelsea to get around it. And you have to admit, in fairness to Everton, they're trying to build a new stadium as well, which will be for the benefit of their supporters, and it is great to see that. Things are like that still going ahead, but you'll wonder what's happening. And all these people that are investing in clubs and clubs who are beginning to get into a bit of financial mire, and they're taking in these investors who, when you go through the with a fine tooth comb, there's a bit more baggage coming yeah. behind it. So you'd wonder what. And speaking of baggage, what gets you three hundred, six hundred and ninety thousand a year, a week? What does that get you in? when it comes to Manchester United it gets you Raphael Varane and Marcus Rashford who both turned their arse to a ball that's going heading towards goal get out of the way and see United lose to Fulham again I miss it of Rasmus Hoyle in the last day people lambasted him for not scoring his work rate is now we see what work rate he was at. United were dreadful on, on Saturday. They and were they were second best. And deserved to, be beaten, they yeah. deserved to be beaten by a lot more.
1: They did, and that's exactly it. I was, I was watching that game, and I was getting more and more frustration watching it, because Fulham should have been 3-0 up at half-time, yep. home and closed And, like, it's just, it's, as you said, like, it... it a lot is stemming to this Rasmus Hoyland with them but if he's not playing they do not create chances because they, they're simply he's a hard worker he gets himself into positions and at the start obviously yeah he wasn't getting goals but now we've seen the turn of Christmas the turn of form he's got and he's turned into a real real I think he's going to be they should build a whole team around him to be honest uh,
0: I, I, th- I think I, so That's, it's something we'll discuss again we'll be discussing this every week he's out now for two or three weeks but we've got to get to Galway United lads I thought on Friday night going to Oriel Park, right, they come back here with a scoreless draw or maybe John Caulfield, the, the cautious side of it will think, right, we'll avoid defeat here, we'll starve it out but the first goal I think was a pure training ground job. It had to be the way they worked it. It oh, definitely was, yeah. They Looked it, it was, and it even the... You know, the League of Ireland has come a fair bit in the last number of years, but the L O I T V Dundalk commentator was looking for fire, I think. <laughs> <laughs> he was looking for lines to be drawn, you know, on an artificial pitch Good luck with that. But the sec once the second goal went in, a beautiful header. It was a sweet time. header, wasn't it, it? It was a beautiful header. Once that went in, I'd won't say that Guardian United reverted into Juventus mode or into Milan, but they just set up in such a way there was no way Dundalk would go to- We have it, we'll hold it. And they were comfortable winners, lads.
1: Yeah, they were, and they were, it was a phenomenal performance up there. And I, what, I really, what I really liked about the first goal was it was exactly like something John Caulfield would work on on a Thursday morning in training, and he'd spend probably 40 minutes at it, and I'd say they'd, they nailed it to a tee. And they were it was blue, a,
0: the, the squad would be blue in the face, but... Yeah, it was. It.
1: You'd be kind of coming off going like, jeez, I hope there's another play in this, in this game, like other than this. But it was perfect. It was a great move, great ball inside. David Hurley timed his run to perfection. And it just a tap in, then Fred McCarthy. And then the second goal, then as well, Regan, Donald with a. Un- uh, fabulous ball right onto the right onto A, a Durvin's head and it's a, mm. it's a great finish from A Durbin and look at it it's three points and it's a massive massive win I think it's the first win in over 20 years up yeah, there
2: and the thing as well because you remember Dundalk had a chance there at the start about seven minutes into the game as well and that could have changed the complexion of the game but after the disappointment of conceding the early goal to St. Patrick's Athletic and Colby United are learning that you know, these waves are going to come at them quicker too but they showed in Oriel Park that they can handle that and there was a bit of a swagger about them too they made sure it didn't awkward only get many easy chances afterwards. Like if Colby United scored five based in some of the chances, they had to work twice, I think, yeah, you know, yeah. in, in the game. And uh, Carlos Sullivan, I think, was it, he should have done better yeah, with an yeah, opportunity he, he had as well. Look, great for confidence. And interesting it's Colby United and Waterford that have off to a good start. Look, it's two games in and they won't get carried away. But what a game to look forward to Friday night. And Colby United will go into that game thinking, look we beat them last year we can beat them again and just start pulling up a few points to maybe not be worried about relegation as much even though stability and solid, and solid solidifying themselves in the top right is the key the
0: target for this season I think so and I think that a lot of the inquisitive people that went for the first night and I mean that in a nice way that said may not have been in Thailand for a long while and said Galway United are back in the Premier League we're going to go for this game we'll see what happens look things Pats You know, we've seen what happened One goal to nil defeat. That win in Dundalk proved yes, we were unlucky the first night. Things happened, sending off, etc., etc., penalties not awarded. But to win your second game, you look what happened. Shells beat beat Rovers. Little things like that are happening. Waterford come to town after hammering Drada. Galway United had the upper hand on Waterford last week. It's It's an opportunity to get a second win. On the board, and I think it'll be a huge crowd again in the Road on, on, on Friday night.
1: It definitely. Look, it's a, it's a long, long season. Like there's a, there's four round of fixtures against each team. thirty six games. There's there's no need for at all for them to be hitting any panic stations. Fans should get out and support this team. Like uh, this match of Friday night, a great opportunity. Yes, you said it there, George. It's playing against a team they were in the battle with last year, and they just seem to be a bit superior too. Waterford did recruit very well. They've signed some big, big name players, but not to say all it. They're a hardworking side, they, and when the set up and, and with any side that Coffin has been involved, in, when he sets up, it is really, really hard to break down.
2: So. Yeah, I was just going to say there as well, because as Pork said, it's a long season and injuries, and the squad will be tested over the course of the year. You also want to be putting points in the bank early there as well. Again, the pressure won't be on them, because even if we end up with a draw on Friday night, it's another point in the bank. And just enough there like this, they've beaten the Dundalk team, The true with Shamrock Rovers in the opening round, and Rovers lost. We know they'll get their stride at some stage, and off they'll go. There's been some quirky results there, I use the term so far, in this, but the important thing now for Galway United is just to build on that, even if it's one point, but they're good enough to take three as the support gets out with them, they won't be disappointed on Friday
0: night in regards to the entertainment anyway. No, they won't. And one person was not disappointed, now was David Moyes. They have been four two-wheelers over Brentford in the Premier League that's a good win for West Ham and also the good news story as well for Joe Lyons winning the Spanish Seniors Amateur Open and a certain airline wouldn't allow him to bring back the trophy we do believe that the trophy is on its way home it will land tomorrow in Cork we think and will be couriered all the way to Galway well done to Joe Lyons that was a wonderful performance by him in Spain also a wonderful performance by some uh, Uchtaraard boxers in the Connacht Championships at the weekend Uh, there were Connacht titles for Finn Martin, for James Magali, for Peter Lee, Pete Magali Noah Gordon on Saturday in Castleree and they'll join Senan Clancy and Tom McAleer in the draw for the National Championships so well done to them unfortunately no joy for Caden Joyce on this occasion but uh, Tom McAleer is in the draw for the Boys uh, All-Irelands and they commence on Friday in Castleree and that's the first time the Boys All-Irelands have been held in Connacht and all of the other boxers will head on Easter week to box in the national finals in the national stadium gentlemen thank you very much for joining us and two sad pieces of news as i leave you first of all the death last week of packy kelly a man well known in horse racing circles uh, he was the owner of Arden hill chief twice a winner of the blazers handicap chase and owned many a good greyhound that ran around the galway track over the years and it was sad to hear the death of packy kelly and today we got news of the death of a legendary man for me growing up in the city with horse racing Jackie Spellman a man who everybody knew he was a barber he was just above where T. Cole's pub is now Jackie's Barber Shop. he was a wonderful man a great horse racing man a man who adored Pat Edry and when my love for Steve and we had many a good battle and many a good chat over it he'd be sadly missed and to his family with our sincere sympathies You're listening to Over the Line on Galway Bay FM the sporting sound of Galway